Does the law really work the way TV and movies depict? Let's discuss with Christine and Christine. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. This is Law and Pop Culture. I'm Christine Mattis. And Christine Karen Sahakurski. So exciting to have everyone join us for our other episode. I think this is number six, episode number six. I know. And wow. again, our podcast is really about talking about entertainment, pop culture, things you see in movies and in books. And we ask that burning question, does that really happen? Um, but how are you doing, Chris? You're all right? Yeah. Happy Monday. It's Monday here, guys. <laughs> Monday. Uh, yeah. I, the weeks are flying. I mean, right. it's already mid-September. I, I'm cringing. Yeah. Because it, I, you know, I've always felt that when time flies, people say as you get older, it gets faster. And I used to be like, yeah, you know what? Honestly, yes, it does. Yeah, it does. It really <laughs> does. It's just simple as that. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. Um, I have to say I had a great weekend watching tennis. I'm a big tennis fan. And I was it was the U.S. Open. And I spent so much time dedicating myself watching the women's because it was these two teenagers that ended up in the finals. And it was a fantastic match, an 18-year-old and a 19-year-old. Wow. And proudly, the 19-year-old had a Filipino descent. So that was <laughs> But yeah, and then Monday, Sunday watching the men's final. So I'm tennis out. That's it. I'm done. Oh for my my, God. I'm done. I've got my tennis fit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm done with tweenagers. Uh, my daughter had a birthday party this weekend, and I'm done with having cackling girls in the room, in the house. I've been there. I'm done with that type of my life, and now I have to go through it all over again. So, but it was a wonderful time. I my daughter had a lovely birthday, so that's awesome. all that matters. And now I just need some quiet. <laughs> now it's mommy time. That's it. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, exactly. I know. But those are the years you're going to look back and oh, it, quickly, quick years. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, gosh. So I'm excited about today's uh, couple of things that we're going to be talking about, Chris. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right? This is a good show. This, this is really good. It was, it, you know, it was so, sold as a, a comedy. So the, the movie we're talking about today is The Savages. It came up in two thousand, came out in 2007 as Laura Linney, as one the sister, Phil Philip Seymour Hoffman, who always has this like dry sarcastic humor that I enjoy yes. and Philip Bosco now this is the first time I ever saw Philip Bosco but anyhow regardless this is about you know guardianship again I know this has been a real you know like a nice uh, topic that we've been talking about recently but it's also about elder care it's about what happens when somebody gets older the challenges that their children have to go through but in this movie it's it's kind of a few pieces going on dad's kind of abusive uh, during the children's childhood so the kids are like ah growing up don't really want to have anything to do with them but find mm -hmm. themselves stuck with dad and finding all these different challenges um, that they have to encounter, that they have to muddle through mm -hmm. to make sure that their dad was taken care of. And yeah. I am more, I mean, I'm more and more, you know, uh, I'm seeing a lot more of these situations happen now where, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of our clients for sure 
are coming to us. And these are usually the children that we're talking to and they're finding solutions for their parents. They're seeing what kind of options they have. What do I do? How do I put them in a nursing home? Who's paying for the nursing home? I can't afford to pay the nursing home. And so a lot of these questions are often answered in our estate planning. Um, So it's a, it's a really, it was a really good, you know, from to see this point of view, because oftentimes we're, uh, we as attorneys, we're, you know, kind of on the later end, we end up like, okay, well, now we let, let's find a solution for you. While in this story, it was all everything that leads up to that point. Absolutely. <laughs> so. I think that's exactly right. I mean, you're right. We do. I think a popular topic so far in the last few episodes have been dealing with guardianship, conservatorships. But I just think because these topics hit us every day in different ways, in different categories, different stages. And I think you're right, this movie, which I really think put into place the perspective of the loved ones. You know, typically we're looking at it from the perspective of what happens to me if I do this, who's going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of it, you know, we're hearing from the kids how they have to deal with all their decision making. So that's that's where I thought the value of this movie was. I, I, I really like that topic. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I thought that was, um, it was also a nice eye opener, especially, you know, I mean, I'm because I'm finding a lot of clients right now who are kind of hesitant to certain types of estate planning to, you know, um, you know, they're concerned that, oh, I'm giving away a lot of, you know, rights and, you know, that I have as an individual, why am I going to give power of attorney to my children? Why am I going to give them like the authority to talk to my doctors? And this is exactly why you should give somebody, whether it's a child or your best friend or whatever the case might be, um, this is why you Mm -hmm. really need to think about these situations um, should something happen to you. Because in this case, the father was really going through like early stages of dementia, brought on a little bit by Parkinson's and, you know, all these different decisions that he had to make. And the children who've been estranged from him so, so for so long had to really come up with how do we help dad? We don't even know what his preferences are, what his wants are, even to, you know, the, the point of finding out like what his assets are. Those, those are the kind of things that, you know, you really have to do for your parents at some point. And I like to, you know, I like to say it for our parents because really mo- the bulk of these situations happen when there's a child who's really trying to take care of their parent. Um, and they come upon these challenges and find themselves in a position where they really don't know where to turn. They have no idea idea what to do. And that's where we kind of, that's where we as attorneys yeah. come in. To just I mean, if you tell them what to expect. Yeah. I mean, hundred yeah. percent. And if you can see like in the movie, you know, they have estranged uh, kids, parents, but yet they're the next of kin. So mm-hmm. there is nothing in place. Yep. And You know, then the, the father's, you know, um, situation deteriorates and apparently he was living with someone and she dies. Right. Apparently he may have sunken. He sunk in a lot of money in, in things that they've done together. But, you know, one of the things that we do when we help clients, we want to see, well, how are assets titled? And mm-hmm. here, apparently he may have put in money, but everything was titled in either in his name or her name. And it looked like he had nothing in his name. Right. So he dies. Mm-hmm. The family of this woman wants to kick him out of a house that he's been living in because I'm sure his name wasn't on the deed. Right. And I have to tell you, this is a very real situation that I'm dealing with right now with a client. Um, and there's a lot of things that we have to take in consideration. How much money you put in? Are you going to get reimbursed? Um, can you buy them out? You know, and, and finding these things out, because otherwise you're walking away like in this movie 
with nothing. So he walks right. away with nothing. Absolutely. Have to now, you know, pay for everything. So there was a battle between the kids relocating him, relocating to what kind of facility, high end, right. average, you know, that's hard. And then there's a scene in the diner. They're talking to their father, trying to ask him, well, what will happen if you're in a coma? What do you want to happen? What will right. I mean, heavy questions that uh, really need to be spoken about among family members. But I, you know, cringing that this is happening when he's already deteriorating. Yes. In a situation where he's almost in a hopeless, sad situation. Um, you're not sure if these are thoughtful answers. So, you know, timing is everything with everything. Right. And I've always said to our clients, you know, of course, the earlier you start, the better, because we don't have those impending pressures of needing to make decisions now. We right. need think it through. So, you know, uh, this was a great movie, I think accurate of showing the stress involved when we've run out of time, run out of money. uh, And we really didn't even talk about these subjects before. Um, And, you know, it is a good point too, Chris, you're the next of kin. Is there anybody else who could step up to the plate for him? And it's possible, but in this situation, there wasn't anybody. And yeah. so it literally does fall on the kids. If the kids didn't want to get involved, then typically it would be, you know, in here, in New Jersey, the office of the public guardian at this point, you know, they yes, would yes. step in. Um, so it's a state situation and they would step in and make the decisions on behalf of this individual. And again, we've seen that as well. Um, and, you know, there's been good situations out of that and maybe some that are very challenging. You know, um, you have to take in consideration that the state um, is overburdened. They have a lot to deal with and they may not be able to spend that time that they need to in each individual's case. Um, so it's, it is challenging, but sometimes it's just a necessary evil. You know, right. it's just something that has to be done. There, at least there's a solution. So that's yes. one of the things that, that people were thinking about. Well, what if the kids didn't want to be involved saying, you know what? He was mean and it's expensive. Right. It's no money. Mm-hmm. Good luck, dad. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm sure. But they they did it in the movie. Um, But in real life, it can happen. And it may not even be that he was mean. It's just like, I don't have the wherewithal. Like I have a situation where a person is down in Tennessee, their loved one here in New Jersey, there was no way they can be guardian. And exactly money situation was an issue. So office of public guardian stepped in. So that's, that's something. So, I mean, overall, I thought, you know, accurate depictions in this movie, these are absolutely that are really a reality that could happen. So what we express to people, you know, to start getting the affairs in order now than later. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I think a lot of times people think estate planning is just talking about a last will and testament. But it's this this stuff. This is estate planning. Yes, exactly. Planning when we don't have wherewithal. Planning when we need help and we need people to speak for us, make this for us. Um, So those are powers of attorney. Advanced directive living wills. Those are exactly. Those are the, that's estate planning to me. You know, right? So, exactly, and it, exactly. And you know, more often than not, yeah, you're right. Everybody just comes to us for, for a will, and I'm telling them there's a lot more involved than that. I mean, there, there's one thing that when you pass away, but what happens when you are in this situation? And oftentimes, I tell people you would rather plan that ahead rather than people fighting over who's going to be in charge. Because if you have just enough money in that bank, and somebody wants to take it advantage of you being in uh, take advantage of you just because they know that they'll have control over your assets you want to be able to appoint that person you have to put that in in writing yeah. because otherwise it could be anybody it could be your your least favorite child who steps in to do that yeah. just because 
you've never expressed an interest in nominating somebody. No. So that's always a good, that's always a good point. Yeah, and that leads us to our next segment. So, you know, okay, we're talking about planning for our future as we mm-hmm. age. Yes. Um, or helping our parents, our grandparents um, when they, and that is tough conversations, deep, deep conversations. And obviously it's uncomfortable, um, but we want to do it when the pressure isn't on. Um, and that movie really put in perspective, you know, in a fictional situation of what could happen when you don't have a plan and what's involved. But here now in reality, um, I want to talk about uh, what's going on with Nichelle Nichols. Uh, I think a lot of us who are Trekkies, Star Trek fans are very familiar with her. I, for one, was not a Star Trek fan, but Mm, I do love her topics. You know, I do love when I hear about certain storylines, plotlines. Fascinating, you know. Star Trek in itself was really a groundbreaking series uh, when you think about when it came out. So Nichelle Nichols, for those who may not be aware, she was the first African-American woman to play a lead on a television uh, series. She was the communication officer, Lieutenant Uhura. That I did know um, yeah. on the popular <laughs> sci-fi television show, Star Trek. Uh, and she did become pivotal with the recruitment of minorities, of women for NASA. Um, and what did I think was that? wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> what was wonderful with her is that when the series first came out, um, she really was playing such a groundbreaking role that she wasn't anybody's nanny. She wasn't someone in a subservient role. She was playing a lead. She was right. playing a role where people had to listen to her. She was an officer. Uh, right. And so she became a very um, strong role model. And apparently during the first season or so, it wasn't doing well, the show. And she was actually thinking of stepping out and going into Broadway. But Martin <laughs> Luther King was a Trekkie. Oh, my goodness. What a story, right? And he said that's the only show that he and his kids would watch because of the message he that she was portraying. The show was oh portraying how much she was being a role model to them that, hey, here's a woman of color who people are listening to, that she's a leader. So she continued, which was wonderful for everyone. But today we have some sad news of what's going on in her life. So just in a summary, you know, listening to news, all of us may have listened. There is a three-way fight over what's going on with her life. Um, Michelle has one child. Uh, Kyle Johnson, and he, uh, over the years, had a point, got himself appointed as conservator, which sounds right, because apparently she was showing signs of dementia and really deteriorating mentally. Um, but the fight is with Kyle, her former manager, Gilbert Bell, and a concerned friend, Angelique Fawcett. Uh-huh. So apparently it is 2018, the son decides to petition for conservatorship. Um, arguing his mom's mental health uh, was very challenging and she needs help. In 2019, Bell, her manager, filed a lawsuit against Johnson, alleging attempts to remove him from Nichols' guest home where he lived since 2010. Um, and I did read about that. So Bell was the manager and he did say that Nichols, her career was on the downswing. So he felt that if he moved in, he can really counsel her, control her. I wouldn't say control her, but be there to help upswing on her um, uh, on her finances. And there are some articles that I read that, yeah, things were getting better. She was um, now going to more Trekkie conventions. She was being creative of how she would uh, present herself and what she could offer. So things were going well. But he lives in her house and right. he had... Uh, 
barely was paying rent. It was a ridiculous low number, something like $300 a month or exactly this, you know, beautiful home uh, that she really built up. So anyway, so he's not liking the son. Johnson filed a countersuit against Bell, of course, saying you took control of my mom. You really took advantage of her goodwill and her finances. And really, we're not even sure what you did with her money. Like where where did how did you control her money? So there were some strange um, expenses going on there. Uh Then we have friend, um, Angela Fawcett. And I'm always interested in this. So apparently they were very close, good friends. uh, And once the conservatorship occurred, she was she saying cut off like she couldn't visit her friend. She couldn't talk to her friend. So, and, and Fawcett's background, she was a producer and actress. She did meet Nichols in 2012. So she enters in there because she's feeling, I want visitation rights. So Mm -hmm. at 88, at the age of 88, Miss Nichols is no longer in her home. She's living with her, um, I believe in her, with her son in uh, New Mexico, um, which again, makes sense. If I'm the conservator, I don't want you so far away, you know, and if you can, you're, you're together. Um, it, it is a, you know, unfortunate timeline of what's going on with Nichols. And you could see here overall that, again, not being able to find out what was in place, what her wishes are, how we should do things um, is very challenging. So obviously there was nothing in place ahead of time that says if I can't make my own decisions son, you're my power of attorney or someone is my power of attorney. I have no idea. So he steps up, which again, I don't blame the court giving it to the son next of kin always has preference. Right. What do you do now? As so his obligation is to take a look at mom's situation, where has been abuse and try to recoup these losses. I get that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like I said, I'm fascinated about the friend aspect that she's now intervening wanting visitation. And I guess you can go for the position that this is her well-being. She has a right to have relationships. She has a right to, I mean, she's, this is all with her rights of relationships. Um, And I think she, you know, I guess Johnson on the other end is trying to express that either the relationship is bad news. Um, I, I just don't feel that they could say, ultimately, you can't talk to anybody, just stay right. home. Well, actually, I was if you watched the video, there was a video of um, that that Fawcett recorded of her. Yes. And, you know, she was just saying that this is back in 2013, though, and how she was talking about she didn't want Johnson. I mean, um, I'm sorry, Nichelle Nichols saying that her son was telling her, oh, don't, st- no, don't stop working. You got to stop working. You got to calm down. She's like, I'm not coming down until you start paying my bills. I was like, okay, <laughs> she's so cute. But yes, the whole idea, I think, from Fawcett's point of view, is that for, because she is suffering from like early si- signs of dementia, it would be better for her to stay in, Cal- I think it was California, I you know, where she was, as opposed to being relocated to New Mexico, where Johnson was. But you really, it's its so difficult to kind of manage some that somebody else's expectation in this particular case, because although Fawcett does have an interest in making sure that her friend is nearby, she wasn't applying to be guardian or anything. She just wanted to make sure that she was able to see her friend. You know, Johnson, unfortunately, in this particular case, once he's become you know, uh, once he becomes 
the guardian of, you know, of his mother, he will be able to stop Fawcett from actually meeting with her. As a conservator, I don't think he would have that particular right, Chris, right? I feel like that's something that he couldn't really say. But I think Fawcett was trying to step in because she wanted to kind of keep Nichelle Nichols where she was so that there would be some familiarity because there, you know, this was her home. She was so proud of it. She was so proud of what she's accomplished in her life. And she wanted to make sure she was surrounded by that. Now she's in New Mexico. Hopefully, you know, there's maybe, you know, there's still some kind of you know, comfort, some semblance, some similarity or whatever um, familiar things around her, you know, to mm-hmm. make her remember the things that made her such a great figure um, because she really was such a, you know, I like to say trendsetter, <laughs> but she, she was really, a, you know, a very formidable figure for, you know, for the African-American community. And I think it's so important what she's contributed. Yes. So I think that there. And I see where Fawcett really wanted to make sure that, you know, her friend was still in that familiar situation, which Johnson, you know, his interest was just making sure that his mom was close by so he could take care of things that she needed to take care of. And it's a tough balance, right? Because I see her her point of view, but however... Mm -hmm. His point of view is probably a, more of a medical point of view. That yes. You know what safety? Yes. How do I manage this? And also money wise. So, okay, if I'm not there, someone needs to be with mom, then I have to pay someone 24 hours a day, stay with her. Exactly. It's a hard balance, hard balance. Yeah. And then I'll correct myself. It looks like um, Nichols did have some issues. Perhaps there was some drinking, whichever it was, health right. issues. That she did, she did at one point appoint her manager, Bell, power of attorney, advanced. Exactly. She, she did. did Right after she got out of the hospital, which was questionable. And then not too long after that, Chris, you know what happened? He transferred the house into his name. And as part of the whole conservatorship process, the court even reversed that title change because they thought that they, she was just overstepping his role as power of attorney. It's one of those things you get really concerned about when you, um, when you do a power of attorney, because I do have clients who just say, oh, what if I have a power of attorney? It says there that my kid has to, you know, can sign the house over to somebody else what if they do that what if i'm living in the house and i can't living in living in it anymore yeah and, well, yeah, and these are powerful documents yes right. they are absolutely and one thing i like to tell people is that even if you have a power of attorney it doesn't necessarily have to be effective immediately correct and so <laughs> it can be right yeah, we can you know, put um, protections for you. You know, mm-hmm. and again, the purpose of putting these people in these positions is that it's people who we know, like, and trust. Exactly. Trust. Exactly. And can we switch power of attorneys? Sure. Absolutely. Relationships change, uh, or just uh, you know, availability changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I word to the wise though, because what if Bell really was doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. So I've always told people, if you are a power of attorney, you are a healthcare agent, you need to document, document, document. Make sure get things in writing, get things right. like you know, you're telling a story, thinking with everything I do, someone's going to question me. It has to make sense. It has to make because. If you don't, if you have poor record keeping, you have, you may have the best of intentions. And then we have this situation because the burdens on you, you have a duty 
to protect this person. And exactly. if there's some inkling that you are not, that's going to be a big problem. It's a big right, exactly. And you know, yeah. whenever you have, you have that power of attorney, you really have to just be careful about the things that, what other people might think of what you're doing. Because if it's overstepping your bounds, if you think that that's something that that person would not have done, you know, you have to be really careful about those kind of judgment calls. And I think it's a, it's a big responsibility. And many people, you know, know it's a big responsibility and they say, well, well, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> you know? it is. Um, and, because and one it's, thing it's I wanted to <laughs> clear up too: the difference between a power of attorney and the guardianship slash conservatorship. And as we mentioned in our other episodes, um, California seems to use the word conservatorship, which here in Jersey is a guardianship, meaning someone appointed by the court to really take care of you physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially, like to manage that meeting. Okay. But, and that's a court appointed situation. Whereas a power of attorney is something like Nichelle did after she got out of the house where she, she voluntarily um, had a document created and appointed someone on her own. There was no court intervention. And one of the big differences is these power of attorneys can be changed. They can be revoked. Whereas a guardianship conservatorship, you need there's a whole court procedure court is involved and there's a whole, um, you know, a, a series of rules of how we do these things. So they're not as flexible, but they serve the same purpose where someone is appointed to deal with things on your behalf. So um, that's just, just, to, just to clarify. That's exactly. all. Sometimes that, that always happens. That's a very popular question I get um, like, wait, I don't understand what's the difference, you know, and it's really court or no court. Right. <laughs> and your choice or no choice is what I like to say. Yeah. With the power of attorney, you, you have a choice. You can say who it is. The guardianship. Nope. That's Sometimes it. Sometimes you end up in the name, you know, you end up being a ward of the state. So absolutely. Yeah. So and yeah, yeah. Well, but everybody, that's it. That's our sixth <laughs> episode. We thank you so much for joining us. Time flies when we do these. There's just so much we can talk about. But, you know, again, I think Savages was very accurate with what happens with fi- family dynamics. And those are real problems that happen when um, these issues happen and more reason why we need to plan ahead. And we'll keep monitoring what's going on with Nichelle Nichols. Um, again, you know, things to learn about what maybe could be better, but um, hopefully shedding light of what people have rights that they can do and how they might be able to protect themselves so they don't get into this situation. Uh, again, thank you everyone for tuning in. I'm Christine Mattis. Christine Karen Sahagurski. And we will catch everyone again in our next episode. Thanks everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more, go to MattisLaw.com.